Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who has now seen four ghosts. It's Richard Herring! Newtown Theatre, thank you very much for coming, lovely to see you all. Uh, double the audience of yesterday. Uh, if this carries on, the final show will have 90 million people in here. So that is that's what I'm hoping for, fingers crossed. Uh, welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Looking Surprisingly Trim podcast. Uh, though, uh, it'd be interesting to see you by the end of the Fringe whether that is still the case. Been eating quite a lot of donuts already, I have to say. Just don't fall under my prohibition of alcohol and chocolate. Um, uh, though I was, uh, I was hanging out having dinner at the Only Fools and Horses, the Kushti dining experience. <laughs> it's amazing, you know that? They, it's like it's, they, uh, it's like the, there are people pretending to be the characters from Only Fools and Horses. The brilliant thing about it, they haven't got permission from any of the Only Fools and Horses people who created it. They just do it off their own bat. That's what's really good about it. They don't pay anyone for, <laughs> for doing that. And it's so funny to see them doing all of the stuff you've seen are only fools and horses, except worse. And it's... Uh, but uh, I had such a good time. Uh, the guy who plays Boise uh, in that, he calls it Rehalestopus. I don't know if that's the actor playing Boise. The actor playing Boise in the Only Fools and Horses, the Cushy Dining Experience, is actually John Chalice, who, uh, who, who plays Boise in Only Fools and Horses. He, is, he couldn't get any other work, so he's, he's doing it. Very unfair joke, he's a lovely guy. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I, have, I should have told you yesterday, I've seen four ghosts. Uh, just before the show yesterday, I was just backstage, it's quite creepy back. We're in a kind of Masonic lodge here, if you haven't worked it out, which is why my high back armchair has weird insignia on it, which I'm quite enjoying. Uh, and uh, I just came down to a little staircase and four people wearing medieval costumes walked past me and I said to them, are you ghosts? And the bloke at the front said, yes. So that, that proves it. <laughs> proves that it's definitely true. Um, there's a load of things I've got. I was a bit ill yesterday. I'm feeling a bit better today. Loads of things I've got to say. This is my new notebook uh, for Edinburgh. It's a Rick and Morty one that says, I am sorry, but your opinion means very little to me. I think that's very important <laughs> for a chat show to have that. that. This will be given away at the end of the series to the person who has seen the most Rallastopers uh, in Edinburgh, which I'm guessing will be Liam in the front row. He's here for a second, for a second day in a row, but someone else might beat him. Someone else may have done that. Uh, I should also say that there is a program there that is free. That's for everyone who comes to see the show. Uh, what I do at the end of the show, I make a collection for Scope, which is a fantastic charity that helps people with cerebral palsy. It's trying to get equal rights and access for all disabled people. Uh, if you would like to donate some money to that, uh, charity. On the way out, there'll be people holding buckets, or I will be uh, signing autographs and uh, selling some merchandise at the back, uh, just as you're uh, leaving the venue, uh, and I will have a bucket there. If you feel like giving some money, that would be terrific. There's also a text number now, because we're in the future, uh, and I will, be, I will be selling emergency question books. I might talk about that a bit later. Sorry to the people at home, that was boring, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, the thing I forgot to say uh, yesterday, the thing... Um, well, on my, my drive up here, the thing that uh, kind of annoyed me, I was quite ill on the drive up, and so I was slightly hallucinating anyway, and there's signs on all the Scottish roads, on the side of the Scottish roads, which I'm sure many of you will be familiar with, which I really couldn't understand what they meant for ages. It took about the fourth one before I, I understood the actual meaning of it, saying, picking up your litter puts road workers at risk, uh, the people who work on the road are at risk, uh, and which I, to me, meant don't pick up your litter. <laughs> Doesn't it? That's what it says. Um, <laughs> And it was literally the third time that, oh, it probably means, 
I said, you know, you just chuck your litter out. Don't stop. I thought, don't stop and pick up your litter. <laughs> or people who work on the roads will be in danger somehow. So I don't know if there's any uh, worse worded sign than that. It's been around for a long time, apparently. Um, uh, what else have I got for you? Uh, not much else. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get worse as, the, as the, uh, the fringe continues. I have to say this stand-up bit at the beginning. I said, I've got to do this every day. I like uh, the, the adverts that are up in the phone boxes saying, just eat bikes. That's my, that's my, that's an odd. That's an odd. Oh, Scotland, people are tough in Scotland, but I did not know. Right, we're going to move swiftly on. I've probably forgotten something important again, but I'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, I'll be back here every day, uh, except Mondays till the 25th. Now, my first guest this week, and there are two guests this week, are we allowed to say it? You're much better than last day's audience, I have to say. <laughs> She's probably best known uh, for her performance as Sharon Starr in Doctors. That's why we're all here. Will you please welcome the amazing Lucy Beaumont, ladies and gentlemen. Lucy Beaumont. Incredible, welcome. Welcome, sit down, make yourself at home on one of those two seats. Don't be intimidated by the extra seat there. That's not, how are you doing? It looks quite, you look like Ronnie Corbett in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite, it's Where quite nice. Where did you get them from? They're just uh, around the back with all the other Masonic oh. paraphernalia. That is, when I first came to Edinburgh, we stayed in, we, lit, we, we were like 50, 60 students sleeping on the floor of a Masonic lodge. And we would go and sort of look in all the cupboards and stuff. We found like a big stick with a, a, a wooden stick with a wooden snake going up. It was very scary. And there was a TARDIS in the basement. It was amazing. Really? Like a magic TARDIS. So yeah, go and have a look around back there. You, you might never escape. I'm not saying all Masons are uh, 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 serial killers, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't let you walk around back there on your own just in case. That is what I'm saying. So, uh, welcome. Anyway, um, and <laughs> sorry to the Masons. <laughs> Thank, thanks for having us. <laughs> uh, do you remember much about being Sharon Starr in Doctors? No, I've wiped it from my memory. Wiped it? Because I didn't know you were you would an actor before you were a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I, I looked older in that. That was about twenty years ago <laughs> than I do now. What they'd done to my hair, it was just it was criminal actually. Was she a pop star or something? Because Sharon Star, it sounds like. I, I, I honestly can't remember, but it was the same episode that um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was in. Was it? <laughs> I know. <it> was <laughs> Slightly gone off at different times. Yeah, <laughs> both incredibly <laughs> successful <laughs> alumni. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't make her look like a. 80s porn star. <laughs> she looked real glamorous. And <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from that. That's just a funny kind of joke that I do. Um, so, um, <laughs> you're from Hull, I'm from Pocklington. No. Yeah, I was born in Pocklington, so we're, you know, close, but therefore rivals, right? They we're bitter rivals. Are you really? Yeah. I should have known from that jumper. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hot. I'm, really I'm worried about you choice. in that jumper. Yeah. Is it we mohair? It's, yeah, I think it is mohair. It's, it's on the poster, so I thought I'd treat people, but it's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> Much too hot, even for a, 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 an Edinburgh August, it's too hot to wear. Um, and you were the, uh, you, you did the, when, when Hull was the city of culture, you were quite, quite involved in uh, the, the TV show of that. You did a, did a documentary about Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did yeah. a couple things. Yeah, it was like massive for the city. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Well, and justifiably so. Did you feature the fish trail? That's my favourite thing. In yeah, the yeah. There's a trail of fish. <laughs> they, know, they know what they're like. They know what they're known for in Hull. I've got some facts about Hull. I don't know if you did, were aware of these. Uh, the George Hotel in Hull claims to have the smallest window in England. It does. 
What I like is just it claims to have it. There's no proof <laughs> I could claim that. No, it's, there's a plaque outside. Right. It's the littlest window in the world, yeah. I mean, what about windows on dolls' houses? Is it smaller than that? It's not, it's quite, it's not so much small, it's quite long and thin, <laughs> really. It sounds quite big. It's, it's more of a slit than a window. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm intrigued. I'm going to go to Hull later in the year, so I will, uh, oh, I will search that out. Look, Did yeah. you know that boiled sweets and lemsip were both invented in Hull? Yes. There's not much I don't know There's about a lot of colds going on. <laughs> and LCD screens, that Smith, doesn't fit in. Smith and Did you know yeah. that on St George's Day in 1642, King Charles was refused entry to Hull. Yes, I did. Yeah. You, you can't tell me anything I don't know. No. no. Yeah, and um, Ye Old White Hart pub, that's the plotting room. That's where they plotted to overthrow the king. And I took a friend who was a historian to, and he wanted you know, to see it. Because it, it kick-started the English Civil War. Yeah. And he said, how much is it to go into the plotting room? She said, no, it's free. She said, I'll just move my ironing board. <laughs> The Siege of Hull is considered the start of the English Civil the first action of the English Civil War. I think a lot of people think Hull is still under siege, though, don't a lot of people in Hull <laughs> haven't realised. He's in some areas. That's very rude, wasn't it? Um, what is. <laughs> I well, I won't talk about Hull for much longer, but I've got a couple more things to say. <laughs> what is the tallest building in Hull? Uh, yeah, I don't know everything, do you? See, I knew I'd get you. Well, um, building or structure, because the Humber well, Bridge is... I mean, building or structure. Does the Humber Bridge count, no, then? No, that doesn't count, because that's high up. There's, <laughs> there's not many tall buildings. There aren't, that's why it's a hard question. It is... It's the BBC uh, one, then, It's the whole Royal Infirmary. Oh, of course, it's yeah. It's 57 metres tall, 14 <laughs> floors. Quite a few uh, buildings have more floors in Hull than the Royal Infirmary, but that is still the tallest by... Oh, is it really? Good five, six um, metres. Um, though there was uh, a housing estate that was taller, but it's been demolished. <laughs> <laughs> did you know William Wilberforce was born in Hull? Yes. But he went to school in Pocklington, did you know that? No, I yeah, didn't. So, so he, he travelled to Pocklington to go to school. I mean, we're not just going to talk about Hull all the time. <laughs> I haven't brought you here just to, for me to give you facts about Hull. Do you know when they did that, um, <laughs> with that Wikipedia uh, map and they put the name of the person who was the most searched person from each town and that was, the, that w they put their name. I was Pocklington. Pocklington, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I William was Wilberforce Hezzel. wasn't Pocklington, so and I take that, William oh, Wilberforce, may have abolished slavery, but... Have you written? Have you written three emergency questions books? No, fuck you. Right, let's go. Let's. <laughs> he did all right. He was all right. He was all right. William Wilberforce, wasn't he? Apparently. Yeah, he was all I right. I mean, I never met him, but <laughs> could have been. And, a... Andrew Marvell also from uh, Hull. Anyway, Is let's that how move you pronounce on. it? Oh, I don't think anyone knows you pronounce it like that. <laughs> There's a school called after it as well. So, what's your what's your show this year, Lu uh, Lucy? Uh, let's talk about your show. Um, my show is called Space Mam. See what I did there. Yeah. And um, it's about um, aliens, ghosts, feminism, wow. uh, labour, birth, like not, you know, like manual labour, yeah. um, mums, boxing. I mean, it's about, like, I've got a lot of subjects in it. Yeah. It's mostly about um, being a mum and um, aliens. Well, those are, both of those things I'm very interested in. Um, have you seen, let's you mention ghosts, we'll do get on to UFOs. Have you seen a ghost? I saw four ghosts backstage. When did you see that? Just yesterday, they were walking through. Really? Yes, I feel ghosts. I've never seen yeah. them, but I feel them, yeah. yeah. A dog once got into bed with me, a ghost dog. Right. 
weird. Yeah, and I've had a ghost cat as well. Right. I feel animals more than humans. I can't really think about all the animals that must have died and come back again. The trouble that oh, animals walk in the earth. Yeah, you do. Still with, I don't know what, dog food to eat or something. What, what do you think? What do you think is the unfinished business of that dog? Well, the getting to bed with you. Yeah. Oh, it was big and oh, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, and and the person who lived. <laughs> lived in the house before me, he'd bred dogs. Yeah, right. and the, the cat was a night... I mean, you, you wouldn't want to get a ghost parrot, would you? <laughs> Do your head in. But the cat was a nuisance. They kept knocking stuff off, you know, like... Yeah. And put some milk out for it. <laughs> and was the milk gone in the morning? The milk was gone after a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's... <laughs> sort of, it, was there a sort of cheese that had... Re- Ectoplasm cheese that a, replaced it. Yeah. A bit, yeah, as yeah. to be expected, yeah, yeah. But no, I do pick up... I, just the, uh, the last preview I did... Yeah. Have you ever been in the... Oh, my way. So, a Barnard Castle, the old well-in hotel, room number 10. Just ask to go... It Don't stay there. Just ask for, to look in it. Yeah. I've never it's been so scared in all my life. That was... And then I, they let me stay. I couldn't, couldn't even... I was so petrified. I couldn't even stay in the room. And looked it up. They, so that in that where that's built, three hundred people died of cholera, and that room then became a, a, where they kept the coffins. Right. Fu- it used to be a funeral parlour. Yeah. It was so scary. And then I said to the lady, I said, "Look, I've looked it up," and she was scared. <laughs> you know, the girl at the reception. <laughs> she then got really freaked out. And then I, I got locked out, and I couldn't get back into where she was at reception. So I had to go around the, <laughs> I had to go around the back where the window was, and because it was raining, I had my anorak up, and I had to knock on the door, <laughs> and I freaked. Around. <laughs> my yeah, face I'm just telling her that there was a dead bodies in a hotel. Oh, but no, I do pick up because what I do now, if I go to a hotel, I say to them, "Has anybody died in this room?" <laughs> And if they don't know, I say, I'll let you know. People have definitely died in this room, I'm telling you that. Oh, yes. Loads of. Definitely. (laughs) They're very troubled souls. Uh, Okay. I mean, you you had a very rapid rise to success, really, didn't you? When you you sort of took on comedy, you won the new act, the um, So You Think You're Funny, Mm. uh, in 2011. That's very recently. And then it's Mm. all rocketed from there, isn't it? Do you think? Well, do you not think? <laughs> I mean, the last eight or nine years have gone so fast for me that I can't believe that it's 2019 now, but 2011 seems fairly recent to me. It was a happier time, wasn't it? What yeah. An innocent time it was. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've had a few years. I, I've had a few years off because I've, I've been doing mum stuff, but um, I really appreciate comedy now. I sort of feel like I was like playing at it a bit because I, 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 like, my second gig was a competition and then... Like the, it's mostly been competitions, right. you know, just, <laughs> and I didn't really quite, I didn't really believe that I could do this as a job, yeah. because it's hard to believe, but, so that was like, what, around 2011, 2012, still in like radio, inter- BBC radio interviews, the first question that says, are women as funny as men? <laughs> like, and, oh, you'd get, you just get it so much, or you'd go yeah. and do a gig in a club, and you'd walk on and they'd see you as a woman and that would when everyone would go and get a drink or, or turn away, just like not even let you get your first joke out. So I didn't, but now, after I mean, a few... that's why women probably weren't considered as funny as men because people weren't listening to what they were saying. Same, <laughs> yeah. They're literally turning away. That sort of isn't a fair competition. No, yeah, yeah. And because yeah. you, you don't look like Michael McIntyre, so <laughs> you can't be comic. But now, things have changed. They have. Massively. Like, you can feel 
it's different. I think this year, I mean, this I haven't been up for a couple of years, but this year, like when, when I've been booking guests, at the moment, it's it's quite significantly more women than men that I've got as guests, and I haven't really? like, been consciously trying to do that. Just that people have been interested in it. So it's really good to see when you know when mm. you look back to when I was first ke- coming up. I, I used to uh, share a flat with Jenny Eclair, you know, in the 90s, and there were other female comedians, but she was the first person to win the Perrier as a solo uh, female stand-up, and there weren't, there were not very many female stand-ups, and now, yeah. or, and, and not just stand-ups, all kinds of comedians, mm-hmm. uh, but now, yeah, it's, it's, it's very encouraging, I think. There's uh, too to many see. now, that's the Well, problem. there's too many comedians. <laughs> there is too, too many. comedians, and they're mostly too young. Yeah. <laughs> no, they are. But it took, someone once said, I think, Someone once said to me really early on, it takes 10 years to be yeah. a comic. And I thought, nah. And it, I, I'm on my eighth year now, and I still feel I need another two years. Yeah, <laughs> no, but and it's true. It's true. It does. It it's a craft. It's two years, and you still need, I still need <laughs> a bit more time. But I know what they mean now. Yeah. yeah it's well, it does, but it's, that's, I think in a way it's a problem. I think in a way it was a problem if you were, if you were a funny woman, then sometimes... TV would jump on you too quickly, yeah. you know, and it actually takes time to yeah. to build up what you're doing. So it's it, a it's good that there's there's more competition and you know more more choice, I suppose. As yeah. Well, well I lived in Hulls. I just had a wealth of material. I just yeah. <laughs> I just told things that had happened. You know, just told, there was lots of I don't know. There was just yeah. There, there was a lot of comedy in Hull. Yeah. <laughs> before it became trendy. <laughs> <laughs> but you, <laughs> it's a very strange a place, uh, that part of Yorkshire, and I can attest to that. And uh, it's you, you did a radio show with uh, with Maureen Lipman, was it? Was it? Yeah. And that was that was again that was fairly almost straight away earlier. So a sitcom mm. about called to Hull and Back. Yeah. It has to be done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how was that? How were, how was oh, working with Maureen? Amazing. Lippmann? She's just uh, just a prop, just like she because she's on the same league as like Maggie Smith, isn't she, and Judy Dench. They're just. There's a reason that they're just they're, they're just the stars, aren't yeah. they? Just and when she tells you off, you know about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent her the first draft, and I sent her like a four-page letter saying like you're my comedy idol, and I've looked up to you. And she just wrote <laughs> one line saying, "If you make it better, I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, but they are they're very they're very blunt. Uh, I was talking about. I can't remember if this one's gone out now. I'm very confused about these podcasts because we've done, we recorded loads that haven't yet gone out. But uh, Julie McKenzie was in a, in a TV thing I did mm. and uh, we went to a big screening of it. Uh, on, like on the big screen, it was just a TV show. And she said, don't worry, on TV, you can't see all of that. It's fine. The reactions don't look as big on TV. <laughs> so thanks, thanks, Julie. Uh, that was the last thing she said to me. Uh, <laughs> let's ask you some emergency questions. Um, before we, This is too much fun. Uh, I've, I've circled a few. Uh, I won't start with that, Lucy. You seem such you seem such a nice girl. I won't start with that one. Um, what is your most mundane encounter with a celebrity? You're not sweating though, are you? In I that am gym? sweating. I've really been pouring the sweat. Like I've actually are. sweated all the liquid out of my, out of my You're body. You're doing so well. Thank you. <laughs> what was your question? What's the <laughs> I think maybe this um, might be the answer. Uh, what? What is? <laughs> What is your most mundane encounter with the celebrity? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> well, I thought I worked with her, and I went up to say, oh, you know, and it was, it, and it was Vanessa Phelps. <laughs> and then I went, oh, you're Vanessa Phelps? Oh, and then I was, oh, it was yeah. awful. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. She's good Vanessa Phelps as well, so that would have been doubly, doubly oh. annoying to her. <laughs> Probably um, Vanessa Phelps. Vanessa Phelps, why not? All right, I'll, 
the one I came across first, so to speak, was what would your sexual superpower be? If you could have a sexual superpower. Sexual superpower? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what it means. So let's see. Oh, uh, maybe to be in another room while it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nice to get the washing up done, wouldn't it? At the same, <laughs> same time. All right, this is. Let's see how you go with this one. I, I have asked this before. Would you rather have the living face of your own twin, who you had mostly absorbed in utero, staring out of your stomach, who would be able to think and talk independently and pass comment on what you were up to and chat with you when you were lonely, or live on the top of a pole in a desert for 30 years like Simon Stylites? <laughs> It's a difficult choice. I've, you've probably thought about it before. So you've got, you know, sometimes when you're in, in, in the womb, uh, you can absorb uh, your twin. You're aware of that? Sometimes people kind of have growths inside them and they go to hospital and get taken out and it's all hair and gristle and it's like a, a twin that they absorbed in the, in the womb. What the question is is about whether that twin had survived but was st staring out of your stomach. It's, it's a bit like Total Recall. I did have a, I had um, a real lot of teeth when I was did you? younger. Like, yeah. you know, like... Too many teeth? Yeah, and it was a bit like that, because they say you can get teeth, don't you, they? Yeah, like, you, you absorb the teeth of your twin. Mm, yeah, my mum had to... I had photos done from school, and she, she thought they were demonic. <laughs> she had to lay them flat, because wow. they were following her around the room. <laughs> but I have heard that you can yeah. have, like, teeth. You can have, yeah, can have teeth in there, yeah. yeah. I'd, oh, I'd like... No, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, a little friend to People talk to. talk to, yeah. yeah. No, I'd... Yeah, definitely. I think they'd resent you, wouldn't they, as the twin that had not been absorbed into the other one? Oh, maybe the pearl, then. Pearl <laughs> what was it? Living you know, Simon Stylites is a saint. He decided to sit on a stole. Simeon Stylites, sometimes he's called. He sat on top of a pole for 30 years to venerate God for some reason. I would say that's a waste of 30 years myself. <laughs> if I was God, I'd be really fucked off with Simon Stylites. You know, Can what I have a waste something of time. else instead? It'd be something else yeah. other than those two? No, those are the only two choices. The pearl. Um, so let's talk about UFOs. So you mentioned UFOs, and one of my questions is, have you ever seen a UFO? And have you ever seen a UFO? That's yeah, of course, about. all the time. In Hull? Yeah. Hull is a hotbed of alien activity. Yeah. <laughs> it had the first ever sighting in 1806, the first ever recorded sighting. And after that, there's been many sightings. Been in 1994, um, alien waving at my window. Right. A woman took a picture of an alien in her bedroom waving. And in it, her bedroom? It was, yeah. Okay. And it was, it was quite, it sort of looked quite happy. Yeah. In the paper. That's nice to know. I saw, I had a really long conversation with Brian Cox about it actually, because I, I said to him, do you believe in aliens? And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, you're wrong. <laughs> and I told him about, I was at my mum's um, once. I mean, I don't, someone I think was growing cannabis at the flat above. <laughs> But I don't know if that was related. But um, we just saw this, like... It, it was, like, fluid, yet solid. Like, it was, like, iridescent. Like, it's so hard to explain. And it just floated really, really slowly, just above the window. And I said to Brian, what could that have been? And he said, a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so... But it we, could be that. So there's a theory that, uh, like in the Middle East, uh, around the Bible times, that there was lots of hallucinogenic plants growing amongst the crops 
And so that when they harvested the wheat to make bread, that they got mixed up in the bread. And so the reason that people were seeing weird stuff was because they were oh, off their tits. really? So I'd explain it. That. A lot of that goes on. <laughs> Pocklington has a lot of that sort of uh, Pocklington's stuff. Pocklington's <laughs> uh, mm. renowned for... I left when I was four. Imagine how famous I'd be there if I'd stayed longer than that. Did you? I'm still the most famous person from Pocklington. Oh. <laughs> four oh, years sure. older. <laughs> should put a statue to me out there. Cunts. <laughs> ungrateful, ungrateful they are. I went to Pocklington Arts Centre, about 13 people came to see me. Yes. A genius is never recognised in his own hometown. Oh. Nor someone who's rubbish either. <laughs> they never recognised oh, no. um, Let you've been, I will, I'll briefly talk about your husband, who I believe is a comedian as well. Um, he proposed you with a butter dish. No, I didn't, no. Okay. Well, that's the, the, that was Radio Humberside picked that story up. They made that story up? Well, I went on Radio Humberside yeah. and, and then they misquoted it in the Hull Daily Mail. Hull what, Daily what Mail... Did, what, did, what did he Well, because he, he, he gave me a butter dish for my birthday. Yeah. But, and I thought that was the present, but, yeah. but then it wasn't. It, okay. we, we proposed. But they said he, he, he proposed they with a butter it. dish. Why would they lie about that? It's more northern, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> to make it look Sounds better. You, you're, doing a, you're doing a show with John, your husband. Is that coming up as sort of oh, rea- yeah. reality? Yeah, we've recorded it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's in the can, as they say. So what's the, what's the story? What's the idea of that show? Oh, I think we've revealed too much. Have you? <laughs> it was like meant to be like, you know, part, you know, like a documentary yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So it's a spoof. Really, or is it real? We, real, mostly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe too real. You know when you get used to the cameras and then you say things, yeah. that you, you get a bit too relaxed. And That's why they do it. That's why I they know, put them on I you know. all the whole time. I saw a film of you, I come with show, was a clip of you in, a, in a, one of those escape rooms together oh, with John. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, they're and great. They, that was quite revealing, just between the two of you, the things you were saying to each other there. I know, so. yeah, we, we really wound each other up, yeah. yeah. It's awful being married to people, isn't it? Especially then you have a kid and that really Oh, that really it's gets just, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I talk about that in the show, because no, because it's literally one day you are like, would you like a cup of tea, darling? And then the next day you're like, why am I living this lie? When is it going to end? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two comedians getting married is a very bad idea. That's, that's, all, that's all I will say. Oh, he's not funny at home. No, that's what my wife thinks about me. <laughs> Miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. Yeah. I actually said, look, if it'll cheer you up, have an affair. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't mind. As long as she agrees with me, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, he, he was very lucky to find you, Lucy. I don't know how he did it. But congratulations to him for that. I don't think you'll find anyone else. No offence to John. <laughs> I mean, actually, that is quite offensive now I think about it. And, um, no, he, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> We're all, we're all uh, punching above our weight, uh, us male comedians. Um, uh, and I was surprised to find out you are friends with Roland Gift from The Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah, she and drives me crazy. Yeah. How yeah. have you become friends with Roland Gift from The Fine Young Cannibals? From Hull. So, yeah, Mum's <laughs> <just your own laughs> best friend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His son, can I do a plug for his son in yeah. Edinburgh? His son, and Marsha. Marsha's in Edinburgh as well. Yeah. But his son is um, one of the world's leading acrobats. And he, they're in, he's in a show called Bromance at, at the Edinburgh Festival, and it's on. It's it's spectacular show. Okay. But um, but yeah, Roland is um, oh, he's uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's amazing. There's no one like him, I don't think. His no. voice is still 
so distinctive and yeah and he's still he's still touring yeah special special guy yeah but he, he looks quite like Stuart Lee got sort of Stuart Lee's face <laughs> no okay um, the young the young Roland Gift and the young Stuart Lee not now I mean Roland has actually stayed very uh, very true to his younger self I think but Stuart Lee has not <laughs> Stuart Lee looks like someone from a uh, terrible Irish band of old dead old men now uh, <laughs> It looks like one of the dead ones, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, it's very, very nice. I'm very surprised. That, yeah. what have, you, have you seen any other shows? Do you go and see shows? Or are you too busy um, I only go and see um, Taiwanese theatre when I'm in Edinburgh. Because okay. <laughs> I can't compare it to man then. No, you know. okay. I can't go, oh, that's funnier than man. <laughs> it's hard to go and see uh, comedy, I think, anywhere. In the early days, it's quite hard to go and see other people's shows, right? Just because you're... You're so into your own. Show. Yeah, yeah, it is hard, isn't it? I don't it, think yeah. I'm going to see anything. I'm going to go to kids' shows with my kids. Same here. Yeah. Are you taking your kids with you? Or? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Although I might, I might go to some. We're going to see the amazing Bubble Man. We which are. Is, which we saw. Might two see years you there. Ago, which I would quite like to go to see on my own because I know my son's just going to be running around and I'm going to have to chase uh, him. Yeah. He's a prick. Don't have a second one. Uh, I'm giving him a hard time on this, but I'm living with him, you know, in a in a different city. And look after him, and so I just all day I'm looking after the kids, and then coming oh out and doing this. And God, God, it's a terrible poor guy. Yeah, it's awful. Don't have children. It's just my own. No. It's not good for the world, is it? That's the no, thing. you don't need them. Have a nice yeah. life and yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? But my my daughter will like them. I mean, she she was good two years ago when she was two, but you know he's about two now. So. And do you prefer her? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to this in the future, kids, just sorry, that's the way. You prefer the first one. It's just the way yeah. it is. It's just the way it is. Oh, my goodness, we're going to have to move on quite soon. Uh, tell me about your show and where people can see it. Um, uh, Space Mam is at uh, 4.45 um, at the Pleasance upstairs, Pleasance Courtyard. Terrific. And are you going to be touring the show? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. 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 There's lots of people at home who uh, will not get up to the Edinburgh Fringe, who hopefully will... Uh, uh, come and yeah. see some of these comedians. And I, I might or might not have. Uh, I helped a lad um, the other day. He was in a right state. He was really hungry and he was waiting for his universal credit to come in. Been waiting six weeks. I went and got him some food and got him some money. And he said, I want to work. And then I walked away and thought, I know. And I said, Do you want to be an alien in my show? Right. So I've got him an outfit. So we'll see if he turns up or not. Right. <laughs> going to pay him for it, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, I hope but so. I thought he could just I'd walk... I'd be quite good if he didn't pay him for it. No, I thought he could just walk on behind me and walk yeah. off. Yeah. But I might have a couple by the end. Yeah. So it's good, good... Liam will come on and do it for you. He'll, he'll good do work any. experience, yeah. isn't it? Good work experience for, you know, for being an alien... Yeah, no, in the future. yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, leaflets and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> See how it Terrific, goes. well, that's what I've got. I can't ask you that one again. I did circle loads of these questions. Oh, here we go. Right, this is the final question I'm going to ask you. If the sun wasn't going to come up tomorrow unless you threw a member of your family into a volcano, <laughs> which member of your family would you throw into the volcano or would you not throw anyone in and doom your hemisphere to icy death? Um. Oh, probably for the oldest member in then. Yeah. Oldest member of the family. Who's that? Oh, that's my <laughs> granddad. That's my dad's my oldest member of my family. That's would seem cruel to throw your own. He's still fairly, I mean, he's not, he's oh, 83. He's not got that's the mobility he used to have, but it'd be sad to throw him in there. I'd miss him. Can but I? But yeah, I'll do it. I'll throw him in. Would you? Yeah. Can I have your You can throw my dad in. 
<laughs> I don't think he'd mind. He's a very giving uh, man. It's going to save the hemisphere. Yeah. Or we could just move to Australia. I'll do that then. I'll throw your granddad in. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> Man's just had a hip operation, so he needs a few more years out of it. Okay. That's true. Don't want to waste the hip. Ladies and gentlemen, please go see Lucy Pimon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Oh, what fun. Okay. My second guest this week. Actually, they're my fourth guest this week. Uh, are best known for the work they have done with Kleenex. And so am I. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Scummy Mummies! Welcome, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? Hi, all right, thanks. Great. How are you? You don't seem scummy at all. Oh, really? Uh, that's because we've been away from our kids for three days. <laughs> We're not covered in snot. Exactly, uh, yeah. right. We've had some sleep, Richard. What's that like? <laughs> Didn't anyway. bring your children with you to the fridge? No, no, mine are eight and ten, so they're sort of old enough to be left alone in the house now, obviously. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they're coming up tomorrow just for a couple of days, and then they go home for a long time, so it's very nice. Wow, you do look happy, I have to say. Thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> so, Helen, and who's from Australia. Yes, that's, that's right. And Ellie, who is not from Australia. Yes. And that is how I tell the difference. Yeah, that's nice. That's the yes. I, I go with fat and thin, but, you know, do, do your own thing. Blonde and brunette. There's, there's yeah. all sorts of different, different people. That's right. She's got glass, glasses. glasses. Yeah, that's what we go with. Yeah. Ways. Um, uh, your podcast is great. I've been listening to it this oh, week. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's more serious than I anticipated. Oh, well, which one did you listen well, to? Well, I've listened, but they're, all, they're very funny as well. Not only serious. I've yeah. listened to uh, Sophie Ellis Baxter, which is very funny, but also has some serious stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, she and I both had premature babies, yeah, so yeah. we had some lols about that. That was <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, we, we, we mix it up. Sometimes we do have serious episodes, and sometimes we just get shit-faced and uh, play a silly game, so it's good fun. Exactly, yeah. and a bit of a light and shade. And we, yeah. you know, we have comedians, but then we'll have someone who's gone through a bit of a life experience. But yeah. we always manage to take the piss out of them, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of nice. It is fun. What was, so what, how did you two get together, and how did you decide to do this podcast, and what's the ethos of the podcast? And a lot of other questions that now please answer all in one go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to do how we met? Oh well, it was a, it was a romantic moonlit night. Oh, it wasn't was it? Lovely. Yes. Um, and there was this comedy club. I say comedy club. Uh, it was inside a shipping container under a flyover in Deptford. Yeah. Uh, so very romantic. I mean, as beautiful as this room, really. Yes. It's lovely. Yeah. And it was my third ever gig, mm -hmm. and it was your. You'd taken a break, didn't you? Yeah. So I started off doing comedy in Melbourne, in Australia, and I did it for a few years, and then I moved to the UK and had babies, and that made me not very funny. Uh, and then I think it was with my second son, I was up breastfeeding in the night, going, "Oh yes, I used to have a career and used to be my own person." Um, so I decided to go back into comedy. And it was that first gig back. I met Ellie Gibson. Yeah. So, so there we were. So, yeah, it was a strange gig. There were twelve people in the audience. Nine of them were your friends. Yes, they were. Yeah. Two of them were non-English speakers. So, <laughs> <laughs> we've had worse audiences since. But uh, yeah. it was it was it was a funny old night. Yeah. Yeah. And did you just you decided to do the podcast first, or just? And yeah. We just sort of decided to hang out first, yeah. didn't we? And then, yeah. um, and then we found out weeks after we met, weirdly, that our sons were born 11 days apart with the same midwife. Okay. Which seemed odd. And we thought, well, that's how most comedy acts get together, isn't yeah, it? That's, yeah. That kind of thing. They find so a woman who's both seen their genitals and they <laughs> say, let's go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. We, we, it, was, it 
was really, the podcast really was sort of an excuse to just like get together and, and drink wine because we could say to our husbands, oh, well, we're doing a podcast, doing a podcast. Yeah. Very yeah. serious, the internet podcast. Uh, we're definitely not just sitting in my room, in my front room, drinking Sauvignon Blanc and just <laughs> recording it and putting it on the internet. And that's not what this is, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you've done, what, a couple of hundred episodes? Yeah, like over 150 now. So yeah. we put them out every um, second Tuesday. Uh, yeah, and we've been quite religious about doing it every, every fortnight. And Ellie had a premature baby and we still put it out, didn't we? We, yeah. we kept recording and there's... We put it out early even. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, exactly right. So keen. And there's Ellie, you know, used to edit our podcast and she's like breastfeeding this tiny baby and, and doing it. So we're, yeah, we haven't skipped a beat really. No. Yeah, because uh, I heard uh, Sophie Ellis-Bexter's had her baby with her as well, a seven-week-old baby. Um, Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who I am slightly obsessed with, I have to yeah. say, and Janet Ellis, I'm also obsessed with. Obs- and yeah, that's not And weird. Sophie Ellis-Bexter has had five children and yet failed to have a girl human, which I was sort of hoping to, to have the next generation <laughs> of, because oh, oh, I yes, fancied her mum, I fancy her, and then, you know, after a period of time. Obviously. <laughs> Do you I was see the, to the Ellis-Bexter family, sort of like Doctor Who? Yeah, <laughs> just regenerating. Iteration. It's sort of the English rose, fantastic, beautiful, oh. terrific... And you know, she's here tonight. Women. Uh, <laughs> they know about my obsession, it's okay. I'm sort of friends with Janet Ellis, which is weird. Sort yeah. of friends. Sort of yeah, friends. Sort of friends. As in, you think distance. you're her friend, but she's <laughs> not so sure. She yeah. keeps a, wisely keeps a distance. I've been to her house. Oh, we've been she to doesn't know. Put in her underwear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can tell you, Sophie Ellis Bexter does not have a framed photo of you over her mantelpiece like in your house, which is disappointing. Um, It's sort of weird, isn't it, with comedians and babies, right? And there's a a stereotype of that which I think is more uh, cliched than what they think the cliché is, which they say, you know, the minute someone has a baby, they start doing routines about their kids and how great their kids are, and then they don't become funny anymore. But that's not... I don't think that's really... The actual observation of that is, is, is incorrect, I think. And you, because I think, yeah, because no. your stuff's about how, and my stuff about my kids is about how awful our lives are as a result. Yeah, exactly. It's about our experiences, and and I think you know when we started off doing the podcast six years ago, we were very much in that b- the baby stage, and you sort of that's all you have. But yeah. now they're a bit older, or our comedy is more based on just our experiences as women more about how shit our husbands are really and how our relationships are in the toilet so it kind of moves away from that but it is like everybody has been in a family and it's really interesting like we call ourselves the scummy mummies and we do stuff about parenting but we move away from it but you see so many comedians talk about their families but they haven't actually you know like michael mcintyre is not called mm, a little bit posh daddy but that's he does so much stuff about parenting but yeah. he hasn't actually labeled himself as that um, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's all about us looking like dicks, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and we have a lot of non-parents who listen to the podcast and yeah. come to the shows. And like, we, have, we have one woman write in saying, you know, I don't have kids, but I love your podcast because it reminds me to take my pill. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Once every on two weeks, that's not, that's not going to work, though, is it? That's <laughs> <laughs> she's going to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's... it's, it's it's interesting to, I mean, I guess that especially it's ideal for a podcast because parents are all at home. Yes. Maybe necessarily, you obviously do live shows as well, but maybe not able to get out. And it, it, that's the, it's, it's, you do have a, a very, it's interesting with the advertising on your podcast. You know, obviously you, you get advertisers who know, right, let everyone with kids is going to listen to this. And so here's some great kid based adverts. So that, that is a, a good mind to have uh, 
I seem to have mined, I think is what I was going to say, but yeah. We'll do anything for money. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not yeah. Like, but it's, but it, uh, podcasting is, the, is a great uh, 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 medium for it, isn't it, for this It is, and the feedback we get, again, from people writing to us is that they like the podcast. Often it's, it's, sometimes it's people with new babies who are up feeding all night and they, and they feel less alone and yeah. stuff like that, which is um, nice. But the live show, I would say, is quite a different thing. So the live show is not a live podcast like no. this. You don't just sit down and talk. I mean, you know, that's very low effort, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> We're working. Yeah. Uh, so we wear gold cat suits and also vagina cat suits. Yes. And we, we call our twat suits of. Yes. Uh, yes. And um, yeah, it's like sketches and songs and stand up and a big sort of variety show. Yeah. yeah. And again, lots of non parents come, but lots of parents come. And for the parents, it's often like, because you know, non parents in the room, you're, you probably go out six, seven, eight nights a week, right? <laughs> but for, for parents, often they come to our show. They haven't been out for months and months. So it's the equivalent of a mini break in Barcelona. It's just, they're just very excited to be in a place where they can do a shit on their own. <laughs> so there's a real atmosphere and it's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's good. You know, it's, that's one of the things that made me appreciate um, people coming to see your show. You know, when you become a parent, you suddenly go, God, if someone's chosen to come and see my show, my tour show was there yeah. one night out a month, I better start putting some effort into making it quite <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I've just been unbothered for years. Yeah. And yet you're still just sitting here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not, not this, I'm, not this. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. This is just, yeah, I'm hoping the guests will be funny, but you know, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always work out. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and you, Ellie, are the daughter. You once lived in the testicles. Oh, of, oh that's a lovely image, that is. <laughs> of Jossie from Jossie's Giants. Who remembers Jossie's Giants? <laughs> Some people. It's a weird thing. So if you don't know, Jossie's Giants was a t kids' TV show. It was on the BBC in like the 80s for like two years or something. Are you wearing that jumper because of Jossie's Giants? I'm not, no, I'm not. All right. So they, they, I'm, I'm not obsessed with your dad, Jim Barkley. <laughs> He's no Sophie Ellis Bexler. <laughs> I'll give it a go. So it's a weird, so it was on quite briefly, but it had this big following. So there's like a certain strata of society that, that is familiar with my dad and yes. still stops him in the street and stuff. But, um, yeah, and he's one it. of the pioneers of alternative comedy as well. Yes, and he is here tonight, he actually. Yeah, somewhere. No, there he is. No, he's no, he's there just he in is. the front row. He's you all right, Jim? Good. Yes, fine. Yes, good. Hello. Thank you. So, yeah, so, he's, yeah, so he was in Alternative Cabaret, and then he was in Josh's Giants. And these days, he is the Scummy Mummy's roadie. Wow. Which obviously is his biggest claim to fame. Yeah. And sort of annoyingly... Um, he's become a, a cult figure. I mean, he's always been a massive cult, but... Because yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have quite a big Instagram following, and so we started doing these little Insta stories, because, you know, it's like 15 second little... little yeah. So I would just film Dan sort of just being himself, uh, basically an old buff, a mad old buffer. Yeah, carrying and our props. Yeah, yeah and, and, he's, and then he started talking to the Instagram followers, or as he calls them, his readers. <laughs> hello readers he says and now that's become a hashtag hello readers and now he has these people and it, when we go to our shows we do like a meet and greet afterwards and if he's not there people complain people right. get quite irate where's Ellie's dad yeah and oh. they take selfies with him oh he loves it don't don't encourage it you <laughs> yeah. stay on the way out we, it's becoming unbearable he's a monster we've created a monster he's yeah. a great man I've, I worked with uh, Jim on a film in Western, Super Western Superman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a, yes, what a wonderful times. time it was. <laughs> um, cool, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions because people will be annoyed. I'll ask you some like, let's have I got a new one. Oh, new one. Exciting. Um, uh, did you ever buy a biscuit or chocolate bar that had an ingredient missing? Uh, was it better or worse? 
people have been getting Kit Kats without the wafers in. Uh, oh, I've seen that. People uh, are irate. I think Reverend Kate Botley did a tweet about did that. Did she? And Jess Phillips, the MP, also her husband got one recently. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had that, haven't you? Because I had it. It was, the be- it was the best day of my life. It was a trio without the biscuit in it. It was the best. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I just wondered if you'd experienced something like I, that. I, I once bought um, some cheesy Watsits, but instead of it just being a Watsit, uh, it was just the, the, the flavouring. And it was right. like this big... Has anyone else had this happen? Yeah, oh, my God. And we'd, we'd been smoking a bit of stuff. And, <laughs> and, and, um, and so I held it in my hand, and we, we were just all... It was, like, it was like a cheese brain that had come in the packet. And we took it in turns to oh, have a little nibble like on it. Like horses around a salt lick. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> so, you see, yeah, that anomaly thing. It's like when yeah. you used to get a massive cornflake in your cornflake box, and you were like, oh, my God, this is the best day of my life. Uh, but, yeah, and, and I have had the, co- the Kit Kat thing is yeah. weird. It's great. Yeah, no, I don't think I've no, ever, you know, I don't really like chocolate, so I don't know if that, that maybe, maybe I should start eating chocolate just so this kind of wa- magical thing can happen to Yeah, me. if you don't yeah. like chocolate, it's not good, because it's mainly the thing being replaced by chocolate. That is usually what happens. Yeah. <laughs> when it goes, when it goes I do substitute things a lot in my own cooking, yeah. like, because, like, you know, sometimes you want to cook something fancy, like yoga motelenghi, something like that, and you haven't got any ricotta or pomegranate molasses. Yeah. Uh, you can just use dairy, use dairy lee and ribena. That's no. right. <laughs> so, there's a tip for you there, you're welcome. Delicious. Yeah. Okay, this is a similar theme to the last question. I once emptied a, uh, a uh, faulty 1p fruit machine. Uh, that, that you could just pull the lever, you didn't have to put any money in. I took all of the money out of it making over 100 pence, which I, <laughs> which I walked out of the arcade in, with in bul- my shorts bulging. I was 28 years old at the time. <laughs> uh, I did that joke yesterday and I got it in the wrong order, so I just got to do it again. <laughs> what faulty machine gave you an unnecessary cash or free item windfall? <gasps> at uni, there was a night when the, um, you know, the, what's it called? The machine that gives you chips and, and uh, soft drinks. Yes, the vending machine was just giving out free stuff. And we were, it was like the best night of our lives. We just oh. were like, Coke, 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 Coke. <laughs> what kind of vending machines do you have in Australia? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was amazing. And that was, that was yeah, the best. And they're, they're obviously the college caught onto it pretty quickly because it was completely uh, empty. But yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Ellie, do you ever experience this? Or Not a vending machine, but no. when I was at, also at university, there was a weekend where, because we, we had, like, this was, I'm so old, right? I'm so old that I didn't have to pay to go to university. That's how long ago it was. And we had, like, one phone per corridor in our hall of residence. No one had mobiles. And the phone was quite expensive. Um, but one year, one weekend, something broke in the phone system, which meant you could ring anyone for free all the time. So obviously all the foreign students were calling Brazil for 12 hours at a time. <laughs> And then us English students were like, we, we started phoning phone sex lines. <laughs> <laughs> and in those days, you had the ones, well, I don't remember how to, where, you, where you leave voicemails. Like, you leave a sexy voicemail, and then yeah. someone else leaves a sexy voicemail back. So we were all sending each other erotic voicemails, <laughs> even though we were two doors apart on the same corridor. It was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, strong, it's, good. Yeah. It's, it's the happiest days of our life when these things happen. Most yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's worth staying alive for. Things it like is, that. in the hope of getting a trio. <laughs> with, no, with no biscuit. It's much better without the biscuit. That's what I would tell the trio manufacturers if they were still making it, which they aren't. <laughs> um, they, made a, they made a mistake. Right, uh, Helen, you are d- also doing another podcast. I found out about Yes, today. I am. I do a, a podcast called Fat Lot of Good, uh, which is a funny podcast about bodies, and I interview various comedians and people about 
how they feel about their bodies, which is usually pretty shit, uh, and then sometimes a little bit good. But I've had one of my favourite ones is with the comedian Arabella Weir. Oh, That's yes. a really hard word to say, Arabella Weir, and she was she talks a lot about um, being an actress in in sort of like the 80s and 90s. And um, yeah, just people openly saying, no, you're too fat for that, go away, go and lose some weight and things like that. And so, uh, and also she tells this fantastic story um, about uh, a friend who was a friend of hers and then she lost some weight and then he hit on her. And he said, oh, well, you're attractive now. And she told him to fuck off. So that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, yeah, I really enjoy doing that. That's a nice little side, side hustle. How do you feel about uh, your podcast partner doing another podcast? Do you say? intimidated and jealous well I, I see it more as you know like girls are loud yeah like Cheryl wasn't the first one to go was she <laughs> uh, Nicola I think had a go first and then of course Cheryl became Cheryl so I look yeah. at it like that Richard okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I like the Jerry in, in the Spice Girls and well, I'll come creeping back no it's more like you know how like as long as you've got one sort of pivot the other sugar babes are replaceable <laughs> it's more like <laughs> There was about 40 of them in the end. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mummies are ten a penny, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are a lot Can't of move for them. I'm, I'm across between Mutya and Cheryl, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so when's your show on? It's on at 7.50 at night in the Blue Room down in George Square. They call it a Blue Room. It's weird. It's like a big blue shoebox they've sort of built onto the end, edge of St. George's Square. But it's, it's got air conditioning. That's, it is that so lush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We wear our gold cat suits. Uh, and yeah, and tickets are selling fast. We've sold out about four or five nights already, so get your tickets what, now. What, what sort of things are you do? You, can you do musical numbers? Yes. Yes, yes. We do some musical numbers. We do um, some stand-up and some sketches. But the best bit, I have to say, is at the end of the show, we give everyone in the audience a card and a pen, and if they want to, they can write down their scummy mummy confession. So this can be your story of some sort of parenting fail you've done or something that happened to you by, from your own parents or whatever. And then we read out the best ones and we give away a prize. Mm. So... Yeah, we've had some amazing ones already. Yeah, yeah, some very good ones. Uh, one of my favourite recently was a woman lost her son's prosthetic leg. Um, <laughs> can't make this stuff up. So, so we've literally got that. So we've been doing the show for nearly six years. We've got thousands of these cards of all these funny stories of parenting failure. Yeah. It's amazing. And you've done a book as well. Is there's the book? The book's got some of them in there, yeah. and and then it's just you know. Moaning, maybe it's not yeah. moaning, but filth and moaning. Yeah, but yeah, a lot of confessions. My favourite confession is we had a mum, and uh, she they were potty training, and the toddler did a poo upstairs on the carpet, and she just she couldn't cope. It was one of those days, and she just closed the door, and she asked the husband to deal with it, and he said, right, no problem. So he got um, he got a Stanley knife, and he went up, and he just cut round the poo <laughs> like a cat burglar trying to steal a diamond. <laughs> he just cut, and he just lifted it out and popped it in the bin. And she said, uh, yeah, that was eight years ago and the hole in the carpet is still there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was I nice. quite like that about the destruction wrought by kids though, when they do something terrible like that, I kind of like that Just it'll be there forever. Yeah. My, my daughter moved into, a, changed bedrooms and moved into a new bedroom and was really excited about it because she had a proper grown up bed. Uh, and then she just tried, wrote a name and drew a picture of herself on the wall in this big, <laughs> big paint. And it basically says, her name's Phoebe, it says Poo Poo, basically, is her name. And you can't think, I just want that to stay there forever. Like yeah. when she's 25 years old, that is going to be there under That's some glass <laughs> to remind her of what she's And she's like, I don't know why you're annoyed, Daddy. You've got a picture of Sophie Ellis Bextor on your bedroom wall. That's the point. And the ceiling there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is hard being a parent, though. 
I mean, have yeah. You got, have you got advice on how to get through it? Oh, oh. We know nothing. No, biscuits and bribery, iPads and Haribo, that's about it. I think, I think it's, it's funny because you, you think that you're going to be a t- type of person. I remember before having a baby going, yes, it's all going to be organic, it's all going to be lovely. And then it's just a disaster every single day. And it doesn't change. Like, there's always a new disaster. They get older. And yeah, and I've got a daughter about to become a teenager and I'm getting into all the kind of door slamming and, oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I was like... As I stand in my gold cat suit, what are you talking about? Singing <laughs> <laughs> a song about your own vagina. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> she must never listen to any of my podcasts because there's there's times where I've described, you know, having sex with her dad. So I bet she can't wait for her friends at high school to listen to that. And times when you've described having sex with other people. Oh yes, exactly <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so it is it is hard. But I think what's really great, and and I know social media gets a big, you know, poo poo. But there's a really great network now. You can kind of just share share the shit times together, which yeah. is great, and have a moan. Yeah, which is, I guess, the, the at least the the start of the ethos of the podcast, isn't it? That just it's that kind of honesty because Pete, it is. I suppose that that idea of oh, being a parent's wonderful, and you'll have children. And you know, and there's lots of bits that are like that, but you know, they're very rare. Yeah, it's yeah. still wrapped in shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> we, we started the podcast six years ago, and back then, you know, you hadn't invented podcasts yet. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so there weren't that many about, and the parenting ones, because my background is in video games and tech, so I sort of knew about podcasts, but, and I was looking for a parenting podcast, but they were mostly American, and they were all about what car seat to buy mm. and the best baby wipe. And I was like, where's my people? Where's my people talking about, you know, having shit on their hands at least four times a day? Um, and so that's, so yeah, that's, so hopefully things have changed now. I think people are more honest and more willing to share and, and have a laugh at themselves and judge each other, yes. which is basically what we built career. Well, it's a, it's a terrific podcast. Do uh, seek it out, Scummy Mummies. It's on all the usual channels. Yeah. Uh, well worth this to do. I'll ask you a couple of emergency questions and then we'll, right. you know, we'll, we'll slide down into the rest of the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just relax down as we head down. <laughs> um, uh, uh, would you rather date a man... This is, uh, hasn't been asked for a long time, people are going to be excited. <laughs> who is a six foot tall penis, <laughs> or a man who instead of having a penis has a tiny man down there instead. <laughs> Can we choose who the tiny man is? Can it no, be someone um, cool like Richard Osman or something? <laughs> <laughs> could, the big man could be uh, Richard Osman, I think. To be honest, yeah. you, could, you, yeah. could, you can choose the man. I don't think you can choose the penis, you can choose the man. So wait, so does the six, so he looks like a, he's Yeah, a he's, six, he's basically a six, six foot, foot penis. How, uh, how does he eat? Eye. How does he go to the toilet? Um, well, he's a penis, he just weaves out the top of his head. One hole for everything, Ellie. He eats through the top of his head. Oh. Like a giant worm. I don't know, does he have... The balls, are they, are they how he's I don't think the balls are there. I think it's just, he's <laughs> just, just, just sort of like a slug based uh, <laughs> bottom to him that he sort of slithers around on. I think you'd make an effort and put like false arms on in a suit to make him look that's like That's always nice, a little bow tie. Because then if you have, that's, that's more difficult. If you, like, I'm trying to think how you'd manoeuvre that in and out of an Uber. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you have to transport in places. I don't know, what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, the, the fact that there'll be two men on a man, it, that, that's yeah. a lot of men in one thing. A lot of people well, are into that. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Um, I just go for the giant cock. Why not? Give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the two men. I'm I'm gonna get them to form their own comedy double act, and then we can be <laughs> yes. a sketch group. That, yeah. would be good. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Uh, and uh, have you ever seen a ghost, either of you or both of you? 
together? Uh, no, because they're not real. That's true, yeah. 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 I've watched the film. I mean, Ghost, that's a yeah. lovely film. Richard's. Yeah. Do you know, have you seen Rent a Ghost? No. What's Rent a Ghost, everyone? I've just sorted out our Saturday nights. Oh, excellent. That'll be a lovely series, night in. The first series is yeah. worth watching, but the re- it, it slides down. Once um, Mr. Davenport is uh, dead, dead, I think, that he died, didn't he? The actual, I mean, they all, they're all, it's a, it's a, it's a sitcom beset with tragedy. They all died quite young, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jossie's Giants to rent a ghost. I feel like yeah. this is the podcast. Jossie's Giants, you know, Jossie is still here. Uh, yeah. against all the odds. Tim no, Tybalt, dead for years. He's actually a ghost. Oh, <laughs> <is he>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. See right There through. was a lot of rivalry between Jossie's Giants and rent a ghost. Not really. No. 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 <laughs> Do you ever get in a punch up with uh, no. Timothy Claypole? No. <laughs> Wasn't there a bit of a thing with Gruy? Didn't you have a bit of a Barney with Gruy? Or have I misremembered that? He's pretending he doesn't even know who Gruy is. Okay. That's how deep <laughs> the wound goes. Yeah. All right, we'll do, uh, we'll do another. Let's go to, to the back of the book for the emergency questions. This emergency questions book will be available for sale in the foyer after the show. Uh, as it's coming to the end of its period of existence and there's a new one coming out, it's on an offer. Uh, <laughs> and there's also uh, the other emergency questions book if you want to go old school. And some uh, Rahalastapa. Rahalastapa. Your weak audience stickers. You know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Get stickers free if you buy both books. Um, I won't ask you that. All right, I'll ask you another in utero based question. <laughs> Would you rather be the face of a twin, mostly absorbed in utero, staring out the stomach of your otherwise regular twin, who'd be able to think independently and talk and pass comment on what they're up to and chat with them when they're lonely, or be the prisoner of a Randy Bigfoot, who so far has treated you kindly but has a look in its eye? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that last one sounds a bit like my marriage, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm kind of used Randy to that. Big for yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds, sounds like a bit like BFG gone wrong, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, what are you going to go for? I don't think the big four, thank you very much. Well, again, even the first one, like having this sort of appendage that sort of, you know, talks you to you all the, the time. You are the appendage. You oh, are you're, you're the appendage, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, again, it's not unlike being in a double act, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> or again, a marriage. Yes. Yeah. I th- I, honestly, sometimes I feel like we are just going to wake up one day and be attached. Like it's, yeah, it's weird. I'm so sure yeah. we could arrange that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a human centipede question we can get on to. Oh, very <laughs> nice. I haven't asked it for, asked it for a, li- a little while. Um, so have you seen any other shows at the Edinburgh Fringe? Yes. Yeah, we've seen what a few seen? actually, because we, we, we didn't start to the first. So we saw Grace Campbell's show, Why well, I'm Not Getting Into Politics. She was fantastic. Grace Campbell is the daughter of Alistair Campbell. Oh, yes. Uh, and that's fantastic. And I saw Sophie Hagen's show. Um, the Bum Swing, which was fantastic. I saw Alistair Beckett King's show, which is on at six o'clock in the Pleasance, which is really brilliant. And uh, Alistair and I, we used to gig together in the olden days, by which I mean like five years ago. Uh, <laughs> but um, he's really funny and clever and, and great. And yesterday we saw Bryony Kimming's show. I'm a Phoenix Bitch, which is mind-blowingly amazing. And that's all about um, her journey as a mother. And it's a spectacular sort of theatrical thing, yeah. isn't it? I, I cried. I did a lot of crying, which was a great thing to do just before you go on stage. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now well, you've funny. done very well. You've seen a lot. You've seen more than I see in most fringes. Yeah. Yeah, in the first This is our first one. one. We're really keen. Like, okay. it, it, does feel like, yeah. it does feel like we're like the dorky mature age students going back to uni. Yeah. It's like, this is our first one and we're both 40 and like hanging out with like the 20 year olds going, hi guys, hey, we're doing the fringe, you know, holding our beers and looking like dorks. So, uh, you know, yeah. they're, be, they're being nice. Where are us. the cool kids hanging out in the bar? Which bars are the, the cool kids hanging out in oh, the year? We're not 41. We get tired and then go get a reasonably priced burger and go home. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we're going to have to wrap it up. So your sixth, uh, what, was your, what was your your details again? Let's give us that and then we'll... 7.50. Oh, that's so the wrong. blue room. Wow, that's wrong. Assembly Square, Square Gardens. Garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's tripping. And do listen to the podcast as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Scummy Thank Mummy. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. you. Thanks so much for coming, everyone. Uh, do give some money to Scope on your way out if you uh, feel like do so, and I'll just be out in the foyer uh, straight after the show. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand and everyone at gofasterstrike.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and gofasterstrike.com production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. richardherring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run. <laughs>